It ain't that fucking hard, guys. We ain't building a rocket. We're getting guys over in a fake fucking business. With a fresh look through experienced eyes at forgotten matches and unknown classics, this is the Piece of Business Podcast with Glenn and Jeremy. Hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of Piece of Business Podcast. My name is Jeremy. Find me at EPL and NFL on Twitter. Joining me, as always, the disco dancing, barroom brawling, dynamite stretching, intercontinental playboy. Folks, he's moreover than a Frankensteiner on Halloween. He's the tiny toy tank to my black heart at GA WrestleNut, Sir Glenn Abbott. How the hell are you? I'm great. Again, a brilliant intro. Thank you very much, sir. You're over, Glenn. What can I say? You deserve it. You deserve it all. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. How are things over there? You uh, have been suffering through quite a bit of rain there, uh, over there, haven't you? We have. We've been. Yeah, we've been. Here. We've been hit by a bit of rain and a bit of wind. Nothing as bad as anything you've had, but uh, everybody's moaning about yeah. it. Yeah, I was watching the. Uh, the, the European soccer this weekend, and a lot of those uh, looked pretty pretty wet and soggy. But uh, I don't know. I think it'd probably be pretty fun to play in those kind of conditions. Uh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk to you know, like American football players. A lot of them love playing in the mud and the rain. Oh yeah, I used to love playing in the mud, but the rain's not such a fun thing to do. Ah, uh, well. I know that uh, you know Chelsea managed to draw with Man United. No, uh, no Christian Pulisic goals. No spontaneous, immaculate conceptions because he scored. But uh, there's always next time. Yep, he did try hard, but he didn't. Get, he couldn't get through their defense. Couldn't happen for him, but that's okay. Hopefully, we'll get through uh, everybody's defenses with our piece of business this afternoon. Uh, what are we going to watch later, Glenn? Oh, we are actually travelling back to my old stomping ground of Edmonton in North London to August the 13th, 1977, uh, a sports centre called Pickett's Lock Centre in Edmonton. And uh, we are watching my old nemesis, the Dynamite Kid, versus a gentleman who's probably the best technical wrestler ever. In British wrestling, a guy called Tony Scarlo that nobody's ever heard of, apart from other wrestlers that he trained. Uh, when we're going to see some of that technical ability when we watch the show in a little while, and uh, hopefully you can tell us a little bit more, a little bit more about Scarlo. It uh, was my first experience seeing him in action, but uh, we'll get to that when we get to that during our watch along. Uh, a lot been going on lately in the pro wrestling world. Um, we got a couple of pay per view tonight. We got a NXT Halloween Havoc coming up later this week. But before we talk about today and tomorrow, uh, let's go back to yesterday. Uh, anything happening? Anything on your mind? Anything you've been thinking about from years past that people need to hear about? I've been watching the GWF Light Heavyweight Tournament. And. G Tell us about it. The GWF, uh, they had a lightweight, heavyweight tournament in July the 12th to the 13th, 1991, and it suddenly appeared on YouTube. They're an old Southern wrestling. You can probably tell me, tell if you, the listeners more about GWF than I can because you used to watch them. But their roster was stacked with people that hadn't quite made it yet. This... Like heavyweight tournament had the Lightning Kid, who went on to be X Pack. They had the Handsome Stranger, who went on to be Buff Bagwell, Rip Rogers, Adrian Street put in an appearance, Iceman Parsons, and loads, loads more of great stars that hadn't quite made it yet. At a time when the WWF are hoovering everybody up. <laughs> Along with those other names you mentioned, uh, uh, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert was there, Cactus Jack was there, uh, Scotty Levy, who people know as Raven, 
was there. Uh, yeah, the GWF roster was incredible. And like you said, it was guys that just hadn't quite broken uh, into the big time just yet. But if you watched any of that stuff, you could tell uh, they would. They were going to be stars one day. Oh, yeah. It, it's really good wrestling. Really good wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And it, it kind of, uh, we got the GWF on TV where I am, uh, or where I was at the time. And uh, it kind of filled the gap for that Southern wrestling um, that was kind of starting to, to slip away at that point. Most of the territories had gone away. Uh, World class in Dallas was was either already dead or about to die. Um, and like you mentioned, Vince was sucking up everybody and uh it was one of the last holdouts if you wanted just some good uh southern style wrestling uh, it's kind of a forgotten forgotten promotion a forgotten territory um and uh so yeah it's worth checking out i didn't know that had shown up on youtube i think some gwf stuff is available on the network the award-winning wwe network um but i hadn't i didn't know that that uh, light heavyweight tournament had popped up on youtube yeah it has and there's and i keep getting notifications of other things as well so i might stray away from the uk one week and we might feature a match from there who knows hey, I like that. that sounds good to me uh so yeah everybody check out some gwf uh, i had forgotten all about it until glenn mentioned it uh, and uh i was in the territory so uh, but good stuff very good stuff um for me you know thinking about uh, wrestlings yesterday uh, I went back and took a look at Halloween Havoc 92, um, mostly because that was the Halloween Havoc with the Sting and Jake Roberts spin the wheel, make a deal match. Mm -hmm. um, one of those coming up, or a couple of those coming up on the NXT version of Halloween Havoc later this week. But that, uh, that Halloween Havoc 92 was a bad show, Glenn. <laughs> was that the one where the entrance was a giant pumpkin? Uh, there, I don't recall there being a giant pumpkin. It uh, may have been. Um, may have been an earlier one. <laughs> may have been, yeah. The, it, by then, Halloween Havoc was a couple of years old. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, on paper, this should have been a really good show. Uh, you had Flying Brian against Ricky Steamboat. You, know, how, you think, how can that be bad? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't good. You had, <laughs> you had uh, Barry Windham and um, Dustin Rhodes teaming up against uh, Stunning Steve and Dr. Death. You're thinking, how can that be bad? <laughs> you know, but it, it was bad. Even Sting and, uh, Sting and Jake Roberts, you think, that shouldn't be bad, you know. And the, the match itself for that main event wasn't terrible. The actual... 10 minutes that they went wasn't bad. Um, but the whole spin the wheel gimmick and make the match, and it's kind of, without trying to um, bleed into the NXT show later, you know, you really can get yourself into trouble by trying to overbook a match with a gimmick or a gimmick match. Um, you know, this was... In this match, it was a, wound up being a coal miner's glove match with Sting and Jake Roberts. And, <laughs> um, you know, they did everything you expect them to do. One of them tries to climb, the other one pulls them down, that sort of thing. They go through that several times. It's kind of a by-the-book match, really, but it wasn't bad. Um, Sting eventually gets the coal miner's glove, and he kind of gives Jake, Jake Roberts a light uh, punch to the kidneys. <laughs> But Jake Roberts was holding a cobra that Cactus Jack had brought to the ring for him. And when he punched Jake Roberts, the cobra bit Jake Roberts on the face, except Jake Roberts had to put the cobra's mouth and hold it to his cheek. Um, <laughs> very poorly done. Uh, so, you know, like I said, you know, we got this spin the wheel gimmick coming up again this week. It made me think about the Halloween Havoc 92 show, and uh, it wasn't great. You know, like I said, it was, that was the Bill Watts era, and as much as I love Bill Watts in Mid-South, there was a lot of things he was trying in WCW that just weren't working out. Um, but uh, so, yeah, if you want to see a bad gimmick match,
much. Go back and watch Halloween Habit 92. See Jake Roberts force the snake to bite him on his cheek. Um, fairly poorly executed. But like I said, on paper, you know, those other matches should have been great. I mean, how can you, how can you expect a bad match between Fly and Brian and Ricky Steamboat? You just can't expect it to be bad, but it wasn't good, Glenn. Fly and Brian was one of the first american wrestlers that i i i watched and he had me hooked for the, for the late 80s into sort of 1991 i was a big wcw fan and as it started getting more gimmicky and um, with the undertaker turning up and wwf that sort of had me hooked there instead yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian, fly Brian, you could tell immediately he was going to be a star. And uh, oh, yeah. you know, one of those situations, it was a bad match because he didn't want to be there. Mm. You tell he didn't want to be there. Uh, and Bill Watts did not see eye to eye. Bill Watts did not see eye to eye with a lot of the wrestlers. And, uh, you know, when you have that kind of problems um, from your booker, um, you're not going to get the best episodes or the best mm. shows effort out of the boys but uh, so anyway hopefully this coming Wednesday we get a better spin the wheel situation but before we talk about that we do have a pay-per-view tonight we have WWE giving us hell in a cell and it kind of snuck up on me um, what we'll do we'll go through the card we'll see uh, what we think about each match. Um, I haven't been keeping up with our predictions. I think so far I've gotten every single thing right. I think you have. I think okay, last, yeah, I, I think we did. Um, <laughs> I think we did. Yeah. But the last one, we, all our predictions were fairly there, actually. Uh, yeah, I really, yeah, I think that, and yeah. that's a shoot. I think we did a did a pretty good job calling the last one. But uh, After SummerSlam, it could go to us. All right, so from what I can tell, there have been about five matches announced. We have a match for the Money in the Bank briefcase, Otis versus Miz. What do you think? Miz. Two reasons. Yeah. Uh, One, they've called on Otis. Definitely called on Otis. And Mm -hmm. two... um, I think there's going to be something going on a bit later on, which I'll cover when we talk about another match. Okay. Okay. So is, is this match almost too easy to predict? Do we, should we expect a swerve in some way? Uh, I don't think so. I think we, I, I, I think that, that uh, Miz is just going to win it. I don't think there's going to be any sort of swerve to it at all. I think this has just been put in there just to get the briefcase off of Otis. Yeah, they've realized Otis isn't—he's not anything without Mandy. No, nah, they've re—they've realized they've painted themselves into a corner with him. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a—it was you know, it was—it was kind of a, a funny feel-good moment when he won the thing, and you can get a couple of promos out of it, but it was never going to be anything worth anything long term. It should have been uh, that he could cash it in on the tag team titles. And heavy machinery cash it in early on rather than have it hanging around, just hanging around doing nothing. Because it's that thing about always putting the briefcase on a hill where you can have the hill menacing whoever's the champion and unnerving them the whole time until they cash in. Where correct with Otis, there was none of that. Yeah, <laughs> he's just so busy yeah, being a yeah, nice bloke. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the baby face, I mean, the baby face briefcase only really works if you've got a chicken shit heel. That's right. You know, but uh, uh, without the proper champion, a notice briefcase would just never work out. So I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm with you. Uh, I think it's pretty uh, pretty obvious one here. I'm going to go with the Miz as well, and. We'll see if he still has the briefcase at the end of the night. But uh, we also are going to get a match with Elias versus Jeff Hardy. What do you think about that one? Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Apart from the fact, apart from the fact that it, it, it's Elias is back, which is not a bad thing. 
you know, but no. why is Jeff Hardy, why is Jeff Hardy? I know it's gonna it's, it's supposed to be his final run in WWE and all the rest of it, but you know, they've only got five matches. Surely they could have found somebody better than Jeff Hardy. Yeah, I'm just not sure what. I'm uh, just not sure what a win. I mean, you know, if Hardy wins, if it's kind of a farewell tour kind of thing, give him some wins over some guys, I get it. Um, I don't think it hurts Elias to lose. Um, it would definitely, I think, hurt Jeff Hardy more if he lost. Um, uh, you know, I, this isn't going to be surely his final match ever, so I don't expect him to go out on his back here. Um I think Jeff Hardy wins, um, unless uh, Elias waxing with the guitar, in which case anything can happen. I don't know, but yeah, I think I think the smart money's on on Hardy here. Yeah, <laughs> I've done it. Yeah, it's, it's a filler. But... Yeah, are they doing a pre-show tonight? Because if they are, <sighs> it's just going to be talking. They can't have a match on it, surely. Because <laughs> that was, if anything, that would be the pre-show match. But then there's only four matches in it. Over two hours, and I know you've yeah, got the three, yeah. you've got the three head and cells. Yeah, even so. Yeah, and, and, and that's the first. And do you think? I think for me, it's too many. You don't need that many. Um, I think by the time you get to the third one, the uh, the novelty of the gimmick has kind of worn off. Even uh, no matter who's in the main event, um, I think the main event's going to be Bailey and Sasha. Um, so I think by the time you get to the third match, uh, the, the, the novelty of the cell has kind of worn off. It definitely has. Yeah, you know, there was no, there's no need to have Drew and Randy in the cell again. And uh, again, no. we discussed that one. Well, should we discuss that one now? Let's we'll, talk about it now. Let's you talk about it now. Because. I actually think what's going to happen here is that Miz will have the tight, Miz will have the briefcase. Those two are going to beat each other to a pulp. Randy's going to win it just, and then Miz cash in on Randy. And then that would mean, then what do you do after that? Do you have Randy going after Miz? Do you have, uh, I think I I I I think you have the pair of them going after Miz. Yeah, and Miz going back to yeah. his old, as you say, chicken shit hill days of running away so, and trying to avoid the pair of yeah. them. You could do that yeah, for they so could do that for a couple of months quite easily and make it entertaining. But I was thinking, what's the next pay per view? Is it Survivor Series? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's November. in November. Um, so. Yeah, I was just trying to look ahead to think about what how they might book that card, but I, I, mean, I have no idea. Triple threat. <laughs> I'm not sure they know how to book it. That'll be a triple threat. Uh, you might be right uh, with with Miz cashing in here. Um, uh, Miz is the kind of guy that would successfully complete a cash in because he is um, sneaky and smart mm. about being sneaky. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I like both of these guys a lot. Mm. Um, I think not a cash in, and one of these guys leaves tonight as champion. Uh, I think Randy wins. Um, I'm kind of fifty fifty on the cash in, um, but I mean I like what you're talking about. I, I mean I'm buying what you're putting down. Uh, Miz cashing in on, on either one of you guys tonight makes a whole lot of sense and it kind of shakes things up going forward. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I may I may uh, agree with you here. Uh, what about the Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, Hell in a Cell, I Quit match? How do you see that one? Well, they're just building up to this. I know we, however you pronounce it, faction, aren't they, really? Yeah, you know, Jay's gonna quit and bow down to you the chief. Oh yeah, yeah. chief. <laughs> They'll bow down to the chief of the island, and then uh, 
apparently there's an um as well as uh oh who's the other tag team partner for jay jimmy 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 and um, when he comes back and then there's another uso in the wings as well so this is building into a big samoan faction i think well um i like that I like the sound of that um i mean yeah this this match is just going to be 15 minutes of jay uso getting him the snot beat out of him <laughs> yeah i expect this to be pretty physical and pretty violent uh well but yeah i mean there's no way there's no way jimmy uso um leaves tonight as the universal champion definitely not <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, so. he's just not the universal champion no and the only thing that will stop it being a squash he'll be like the last one where he's resilient he'll take a pound yeah. and he, will ne- he, he won't quit unless he end up unconscious that's, that, that's a possibility that uh, you end up with with Jay, uh, Jimmy with the bolt cutters to get in there yeah. because Jay's unconscious, or something like that, will probably happen. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I, I see how you know, it might it might work if um, you know Roman beats him within an, within an inch of his life, but you know, that somehow earns uh, uh, Jay some respect in Roman's eyes, and, and Roman you know, takes him in, so to speak. You know, or. Um, but I, I agree with you. Roman's Roman's leaving the champion tonight. All right, I think the main event can is I just be before Bayley, we before Sasha. we go on before we go on to Sasha and Bailey. I've just had a I've had a thought. There's a certain fiend that has still got scores to settle with Roman Reigns. That's true. Mm. How they how they uh, amalgamate the Samoan faction is having the fiend pop up in the cage at the end and do both of them in. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. I like it. I like it. Uh, but it, yeah, you're right. It's kind of hard to think about a, a hell in a cell type uh, pay-per-view and you're not using that fiend character in some way. That's right. Especially the way they're building it with... <laughs> Alexa as well. Yeah, I like it. I think you may have just. I think you. I think you solved it. I think you booked it. <laughs> uh, all right, Bailey and Sasha. Now, is this now? Is this their first singles match? Like since they've um, um, kind of been going at each other, have they had a singles match? No. Or is it the I don't think so. But then again, I don't watch Raw. I. I I can't watch Raw or SmackDown at the moment because I haven't got any right. facility to. Right. But I don't, yeah. I don't think they've actually had a, an encounter since they broke up. Yeah, and, it makes, though, uh, and that's just why it makes me, you know, they're kind of hot shotting this one straight into the cell. I think they could have stretched it out a little bit and just had them have a regular match. Uh, people still would have been excited for Um I kind of think it's hot shouting to put it in a hell, a hell in the cell because then where do you go from here? That's right. It's, it pretty much it, has to be done now. <laughs> it, it, it's a cell match that didn't need to happen. Right. <laughs> as you say, you, you've got three cell matches. It's it, it's too many, and this was a cell match that didn't need to happen. Right. A regular okay. one-on-one match here would have been fine and, right. and gave, kind of give you somewhere to go later if you needed oh. to. You know, just don't know where you go after a cell match. <laughs> if you if they wanted to do a, a gimmick on them, do Iron Woman two. Sure. Because yeah. because people that ha- don't watch never watched NXT have never seen that, and that was right. such a good match. Give them that opportunity to do that before you you chuck them in a cell. Yeah, yeah, I agree for sure. Um, so yeah, I think it's a little too much too soon. Uh, but that said, um, I like Bailey a whole lot. Um, uh, Sasha's not my favorite. Um, uh, I think Sasha's going to win the match though, because I think 
Um, it gives Bailey an opportunity to chase. And she's been great as the champion, and she's been champion for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think a little, a little shake up here is not a bad idea. Sasha is a worthy champion, and uh, you know, like I said, gives Bailey a chance to chase, and maybe they can go somewhere else after after with uh, Bailey as the challenger. So, I, give me Sasha in this match. Bailey's going to win it now. <laughs> Next <laughs> within two weeks. She would win it back. Yeah, Sasha's okay. Sasha's record with holding on the championships. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. She's had it a couple times, but she just can't hold it. <laughs> so, so there you go. I think we are uh, pretty much in agreement with this whole card, uh, which means that it's all going to go the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. Well. We'll see. We'll be watching tonight at the appropriate time on the award-winning WWE Network. We will. Uh, coming up later this week, though, we have NXT reviving Halloween Havoc, raising it from the grave, and giving us an interesting card. Um, our girl Rhea Ripley is going to be on the card. She's going to go one-on-one with Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, surely this is a chance to get Rhea uh, back, reestablished as a top contender. What do you think? That's a squash match. You think so? You think I it'll think, be super squashy? Um, I'm not sure about super squashy, but Rhea's going to tear her apart. I like and Make Gonzalez. a big statement. Okay. So I, I like Gonzalez, the, the little bit that I've seen her. Um uh, she looks like somebody, you know, she's, she's, uh, bigger than a lot of the girls on the roster. Um, uh, she pretty much matches up with Rhea size wise. So Rhea's not going to be the, uh, the obvious, uh, dominant giant in the match. Uh, I think, you know, Gonzalez will, will take her, take her shots and give her some back. I don't see it as, um, I don't think this is a five minute squash or anything like that, but I think Rhea will win convincingly yeah that's a, that's a, i mean it's not yeah. uh, it's not going to be two minutes and over but right it's going to be a, yeah i think we're in agreement on that one i think uh, i think we're, you're going back to this the last reigns and jay uso match where you knew it was a squash but jay took a lot of punishment and dished out his little bit as well and i think that's going to be the same sort of thing yeah, yeah, you're right. Rhea, I mean, she could make Raquel Gonzalez look really good in a loss. Yeah. For sure, Definitely. for sure. Um, uh, WWE, we're going to have the Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis in what they're calling a Haunted House of Terror match. <laughs> uh, the- I don't know. I don't know, Glenn. I don't know about this one. <laughs> no. Well, well, it's a gimmick match. you got two guys that... that- this this is exactly uh, the point of putting the two that you were saying about Halloween Havoc '92 is that they were putting wrong guys into gimmick matches that they weren't happy with. Where this is two guys that are in a gimmick match where you can understand them being in a gimmick match. We don't know what the gimmick's going to be yet, but it's going to be fun to watch. You know, it'll be one of their. Uh... You know, one of these cinematic things that, uh, uh, for me personally, I'm not crazy about. Um, uh, I like Cameron Grimes a whole lot. Uh, Dexter Loomis really hasn't done it for me. Um, uh, Somehow he's the baby face, yet he's the crazy psycho serial killer stalker guy. Mm -hmm. That doesn't really work for me, but... uh, I like Cameron Grimes a whole lot, and whatever whatever this is, I expect Cameron Grimes to make the most of it. And uh, so we'll see. I don't. I, I can't. I can't predict the winner because I don't know what it is. No, <laughs> you can't, can you? Because we don't know. We don't know what it's going to be. So, is it a camera <laughs> watching him walk through a haunted house? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, is it going to be? <laughs> or is it going to be like with Bray Wyatt uh, and uh, Randy Orton, where they end up in a fridge? 
<laughs> Who knows? And we've got a couple of spin the wheel matches. We have uh, the NXT Women's Championship in one. We've got the North American title in one. Um, for the women, we're going to have Mo Shirai and Candice LeRae. And I'm assuming that Shotzi Blackheart is going to spin the wheel and let hope it doesn't <laughs> land on Cole Blackheart. Oh, why are they putting title matches on spin the wheel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a game. You know, all right, have people that are going to be able to sell gimmick matches do gimmick matches like the spin the wheel, but don't have titles involved. It, it is the, it's the reason that you're supposed to have a gimmick match. If you look in the wrestling rule book, the reason you're supposed to have a gimmick match is if it follows naturally from whatever story the wrestlers have been telling. If you've got, if you've got a baby face who's been trying to get his hands on a chicken shit heel and he just can't, he'll always escape, put him in a dog collar match. The heel cannot get away. Right. So that's a gimmick match that makes sense with the story that had been being told. Um, If you constantly have outside interference in a feud, Put him in a cage so nobody can get in the cage. That's a gimmick match that follows naturally mm. from what's happening in the feud. What we've got here, and you know, it, it could be two great matches. We haven't seen them yet. We don't know what it's going to be. We don't know where the, the needle is going to land on the wheel. But whatever the gimmick is for each of these matches is totally random and doesn't follow naturally from what we've been seeing so far and we've seen these these matchups before this isn't the first time that these matchups have happened on a, on a big nxt show no. um, so i'm kind of nervous on, on these um i think that all four are capable of making it work um but uh you know I, I'm, I'm hesitant um i'm, I'm going in it with the, into it with a grain of salt hopefully uh, hopefully it's a good thing i personally would have rather seen Halloween Havoc done as a special on the Friday before Halloween as, instead of SmackDown. There you go. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. It does. It seems like they're kind of shoehorning yeah. it in here. And, uh, uh, yeah. 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 You got Halloween Havoc. You got Halloween on a Saturday this year. Well, right. have it like a takeover. Why, yeah. why, why stick it on as a regular show? In the UK, we're not going to be able to see it for a couple of weeks. Mm. And, and, you know, a lot of Halloween, normal Halloween festivities this year are going to be canceled or called off due That's to right. COVID. Um, so, yeah, I mean, shoot, put that sucker on Halloween night. Yeah. That's, yeah. People can't go out anyway, or you know, people shouldn't go out anyway. No. Uh, and put it on the network yeah. so it's already paid for. Yeah. You sell it on uh, the Wednesday NXT show. You yeah. sell it. You sell it on the Friday SmackDown show. Yeah, you know that that would have worked out great. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, they're still going to spin the wheel and make the deal now. <laughs> no matter what you say, Shotzi's still going to spin that wheel. Yep. But um, I don't know. I think I think the last NXT show we had these exact same matches. You know, I kind of suggested maybe we get a. Candice and Johnny each winning, and we have the married couple holding the titles at the same time. Um, and that could happen again, you know, or uh, could turn out like last time. They both they both lose. Um, but again, it's kind of hard to pick a winner in a match when you don't know what kind of match it's going to be. No, definitely. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully, it's a fun night of wrestling, a good night of wrestling. Um, That'll be on Wednesday. But now, now we get into today's piece of business. What do you say? Why not? I've All right. Um, just replenished my beer. It's, uh, so we can get on with it. Okay. We are going to be watching the Dynamite Kid versus Tony Scarlow. Um, 
This match is available on YouTube, and a link will be posted in the show description for easy access for anyone interested in watching along with us. Uh, Glenn, are you ready? I am very ready, yes. All right. I will count down from five to one and say play. When I say play, everyone click play. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Play. And here we go. Here we go. We've got Tony Scarlo. That's him on the left. A very young dynamite kid in the ring with him. There's Scarlo. Uh, no, tell us about Scarlo, Glenn. Well, he's typical British wrestler from the time, although he's not typical. Um, a lot of the guys that were sort of my age that I've spoken to over the years of all, all cited him as a technical master and a lot of them one time or another sought advice from him or trained with him um the general consensus of opinion between uh, with the the professionals is that it's between him and johnny saint of who was the best technical wrestler ever but scarlo never got over the way that johnny saint did so you think that? Uh, why do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he wanted to. There's okay. a lot of guys like him around at the time that they, you know, they did their wrestling on the weekends or Wednesday nights, and that was all they wanted to do. They weren't interested in the the limelight or the fame and fortune of it. Scarlo here uh, is definitely the veteran. You can see um, a very, very young-looking dynamite kid in this match. 1977. He uh, uh, he hadn't uh, been in the business too long at this point. Uh, he was the junior lightweight champion, so he'd been around up north for a bit. But this is the first. This is his actual first match in London. Oh wow! Okay. So I I couldn't actually find out how long. It it's within his first year. It was in his first year with uh, performing that he ended up here. But you can see <laughs> if you look at the the power of those slams, you could yeah. see that he. Uh, to, if you think of way we've we've looked at other British matches, you could see that he's. Yeah. There's a lot of American influence in with a lot of what he does, especially the way he, he power slams and that sort of thing. Although yeah, he's got, he's, not, he's, not, uh, he, he's got a, on his on his more high impact moves. Mm. Not, there's not a ton of them in this match, but the ones that he delivers, uh, he delivers with authority. <laughs> yes, yeah. Where when we were watching Johnny Saint and Mick McManus the other week. You didn't yeah. see a lot of the power slam moves or the power moves where with uh, with Tom, he sort of blends the English British style, and you could see slight American influence where he was watching American wrestling at that time. Yeah. Now, one thing I noticed about um, wrestling, this style of wrestling, so much of it is you know a guy will get a hold on the guy and then. It's all about how to get yourself out of the hold. That's it. It was all, always, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen any of Adrian Street matches. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, you know, it's what Tony Scarlo did there, and he taught Adrian Street that move. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, so Dynamite working on a wrist mm. there, but it's all about how is Carlo going to get out of it. But again, it's, his rolls and his twists, a, and now he's got the. It's advantage. that thing. It's all perpetual movement. There is no rest holds as such, although there technically are rest holds, but there's no rest holds as such. It's always perpetual movement the whole way. Uh, it, it's like it was all most British wrestling at the time. Yeah, Two weeks' time, we're going to see a match that's totally different from this. Um. Because, like I said, I'm going to do a need to go. Uh, we've been two really technical 
British matches. So I'm going to go with one of the more novelty matches next time. Uh, Sounds I good. Choose. I doing this. This is the complete opposite of the match that we watched last week. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to see any bones stuck in anybody's head yeah, in this right. match. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I mean, like, you know, like I said, people kind of uh, think that this kind of ma- match, this kind of wrestling, is is nothing but rest holds and slow and all that. But you're exactly right; it is perpetual motion. Um, you know, a guy might get a hold on mm. for five seconds, but you know, in short order, whoever is in the hold is twisting and turning and trying to yeah. get out of it. Yeah, you know, a lot so, of counter wrestling. Is that that is the Dynamite had him in an arm lock, and suddenly he looked round and he's in a headlock. No, right. <laughs> he's rolled himself out of it. Right. <laughs> this is a very gentlemanly match. Several oh. times in the match, they they stop mm. and shake hands, and uh, you know, no uh, no cheating in this match. No okay. illegal moves. No uh, foreign objects. This is a very gentlemanly match. I'm sure that. Dynamite probably asked for Tony for his first match in London. Ah, yeah. For this reason, is that uh, it's learning. It's learning from a master. There's the end of the round, as we do. Yeah. Eight, three-minute rounds. Two falls, two submissions, or a knockout and decide the winner. (laughs) How young he looks. (laughs) <laughs> now tell me about this uh when i watched this the first time i watched it with the commentary and the referee cracks me up the way he counts yeah yep. <laughs> so what was the rule like you had to be up on a 10 count or if you weren't up on a 10 yes. count it was up yeah okay. oh yeah uh, no, no, the, the uh it was all much based on boxing so if you're on the canvas, you were laid out on the canvas. You got a count. You had to be up before ten, or you were counted out. Yeah, well, then, this particular referee style of counting is a hoot. It's worth uh, it's worth people listening to the commentary to He's, hear him count. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy was the old opener of his day. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he rolled top of the tree. You can see him most Saturday afternoons in the ring. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Scarlo, Scarlo, you know, he had been around a lot uh, oh, at this point. Yeah. He was, he was yeah, obviously he was, the veteran. You can tell by his hairstyle. He's the veteran here. Uh, but, uh, he was called, I looked online a little bit, he was called the Cockney Kid at one point. That's right. Yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at this time, you know, there were everybody was pretty much a baby face, right? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there were no, no heels. Oh, yes, no, they, they were definitely heels, as we saw two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, but yeah there weren't many. <laughs> they on a, on a Saturday afternoon, you'd get like three or four matches on a show, and you'd always get this one, like one like this, which was face versus face and the other three would be more heelish shall we say you get them like bobby barnes adrian street mick mcmanus all those sort of guys but they'd always give the they always give the uh, the fans a break where you'd have a proper technical match like this somewhere on the card I just love watching these matches, seeing all the people in the front row, you know, dressed up. Yeah. Well, it was a night out on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Well, yeah, something to do. Yeah. They didn't didn't have them on on weekends deliberately because they knew that people were out of the local clubs and pubs on a Saturday night. So you'd have it on a Wednesday night and pack out places like this with three or four hundred... Weekends are for uh, for football, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, football and then a night out down the pub or or your local social club. Yeah. 
that was what Saturday nights were in 1977. Yeah, you wouldn't go to a wrestling match. You'd watch it on the TV before you went out, before you got dressed up and went out. So, and all these people were quite aware that they were going to be on the TV. So they'd put their Sunday best on on a Wednesday night and go out to watch wrestling. Pretty snug European uppercuts we're seeing right oh, now. Oh, yes. They're, they're picking up the pace a little bit. Believe, <laughs> <laughs> believe me. <laughs> that's, that's good, young dynamite. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> now you watch him lay him in. I've been on the end of one of those. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, they, they, are, yeah. they are snug, as you say. <laughs> For people that don't know, our buddy Glenn here has been up close and personal with Dynamite Kid. <laughs> I certainly have. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, Dynamite's got okay. him on a hold here. The question is, how is Scarlett going to get out? And he goes through his, his uh, pumping his legs back and forth, trying right. to create a little pace. And he gets right. just yeah. enough to you turn it around. Yeah. Dynamite gets out his own, his own way. And it's all about... Putting the guy in a hole and seeing how he's going to get out of it. You can see that he's he's not even putting a lot of pressure on that. And there's the reversal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. What I was always told was when I was training that it's like a game of chess that you have to think at least two or three moves ahead yeah. on what you're doing. And that was the way, that was the British way of wrestling. Yeah. And I think that, that, makes, that, and that makes perfect sense. And you have to, yeah. otherwise you're just going to be standing around flat footed in the ring. Yeah. And you're yeah. not going to know what's going on. There wasn't, there wasn't a, a, a great amount of discussing before yeah. what was going to happen a lot of it was called in the ring but you'd be calling two or three moves ahead oh uh, yeah 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 anyway and i think uh, that's you know that was the way it was done here for so long too i mean you yeah. might have known you might have known the finish but that's pretty that, much all you that, did. that was it yeah get out there and work it out yeah and you'd have the the wily vet and say take my lead or as in, oh, yeah, as in case as in the case of friend of the show bobby bobby blaze when uh, he was at a couple of uh, matches against vets where they've said bobby you take the lead <laughs> so, there you go yeah you gotta have a quarterback in the ring that's right and there we go. Dynamite's going for it. Got the and pin. One, two, three, and that's it. There you go. And Dynamite Kid, I think anybody, you know, uh, at the time would have seen this guy and known that this kid is going places. Oh yeah, could definitely. And when they this first and when they when him and Davey first started tagging over here. You could see they weren't going to be around for long. Yeah, back yeah. then they were—they were obvious they were bigger and better things in their future for sure. And uh, we were all lucky to see it for as long as we yeah. got to see it. The Bombs were a great team, and uh, each of those guys were great on their own. And uh, and uh, you know that firsthand in a lot of a lot of different ways. And now for the unashamed plug. Because we've both been there, is that if people want to hear the story of me and the Dynamite Kid, go to ddtwrestling.com and look up question marks. Two episodes of Armbar Abbott and the one from Jeremy. They're on there. The, uh, the, the, the Armbar Abbott uh, question marks episodes, folks, if anybody hasn't heard those, they are must Listen, now, many of us are familiar with uh, the movie Forrest Gump and how Forrest Gump, as from a, from a little boy, always getting into different 
situations and adventures. Glenn is the Forrest Gump of the internet wrestling community. The things this guy's done, the stories he can tell, um, you know, I say disco dancing, barroom brawling, dynamite stretching in the intro every week because all of those things are true. And you need to listen to Question Mark. Everybody out there will hear about the legend that is Armbar Abbott, especially to hear that not about the time that Glenn Abbott choked out Dynamite Kid in the back alley. <laughs> exactly how it happened right Glenn? uh yeah right <laughs> part of it is true so you should all listen to yeah. question mark exactly which part is true yeah that's um, right but uh but yeah glenn's got some good uh davy boy dynamite stories there and uh it's a good plug for our buddy dc and our buddy doc and our buddy revolving third chair over at ddt podcast um so yeah, there we go. That was Tony Scarlo. That was a young dynamite kid. A perfect ex, uh, exhibition of professional gentlemanly wrestling, 1977 in London. Hope you all enjoyed that. We are going to come back again next week. Don't know what match we're going to talk about yet. It'll be my turn to pick. So somebody's so, going to bleed. Do what? I said, so somebody's going to bleed. <laughs> Yes, there's going to be some color, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot to pick from out there. Um, if anybody listening has any suggestions, anything they'd like us to talk about, uh, let us know. You can find us on Twitter, uh, piece, at Piece of Business. You can send us an email, uh, Piece of Business Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know Peace. how we're doing. Give us a suggestion. I did actually mean to mention this earlier when we started. Um, my buddy Adam. Uh, who you may remember, he's been in the DDT draft with this. He's at Lead Metal on Twitter. Uh, he's been working at the newspaper in Baton Rouge for a while. Uh, he worked his way up the card there, and he has just recently got a fancy new position with a fancy new title in his very fancy own office there at the uh, newspaper in Baton Rouge. So, congratulations to Adam. Uh, you're not going to find many better guys out there. He's worked hard and he deserves that. And he actually suggested a match to me uh, some time ago. So maybe that's where we'll go next week. Maybe that's where we'll go. It's from the AWA. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, well, congratulations. Congratulations to Adam. Yes, sir. He deserves it. Um, so maybe we'll do next week's match in his honor. But uh anything else glenn any um, other plugs any other uh only, thank you before we say goodbye um just the usual thank you to uh everybody that's been plugging us on twitter there's two getting too many now that i can mention them all i can't remember them all to be honest and don't forget we have a instagram account at piece of business Yes, sir. Look us up there. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Twitter. Um, until next time, Glenn, say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>